So welcome to our lectures about internet security, weakness, and charges. In this lecture, we want to speak about designs uh, errors and programming errors. We already discussed weaknesses in the protocols. Also, these are uh, programming errors which provide these weaknesses. We have discussed uh, attacks on account and reconnaissance. And the question why we have to consider uh, such programming <coughs> errors not, on, not only on the protocol level, but also on the application level. Network applications, network services also have design errors, have implementation errors, programming errors, which as soon as they are detected uh, could eventually be misused by exploits and uh, provide possibilities to attack a system. And when we look to this, such uh, design and programming errors, then uh, we have typical groups of such failures. And uh, uh, such failures which happen during the phases of the conception of the design of the system, but also on the, uh, in the phase of the programming implementation. There is a group of buffer overflows. Uh, there are insufficient input validation. It is very similar. But this is focusing the buffer overflow that is focusing on memory things. Here, the insufficient input validation uh, can be cause a problem for uh, many uh, different applications. And then there are so-called race conditions. These are typical groups of design and programming error. And uh, these uh, some examples of such type of failures we want to discuss in this lecture. In this lecture, of course, there are more examples. And uh, particularly as soon as it's related to web applications. Then we have an extra lecture about uh, web-related design and programming errors when we speak about the weaknesses of the World Wide Web. So let's start with uh, considering buffer overflow. The concept of such a buffer overflow is quite easy to understand. When uh, the user is asked for input, there is a certain space and certain memory space uh, reserved for the answer of, this, uh, uh, of the user. And the problem, often it is not carefully checked whether the input, which comes from the user, really fits into this reserved memory. And if it's not carefully designed and the input is longer, then there is an overriding of the at, uh, of the neighbored memory cells. And if hackers do this very carefully, they can uh, start own uh, code to uh, uh, let it execute it on the system. So often, no careful checks whether the length of the, whether the, length of the corresponding uh, data exceeds the maximum length of the reserved memory. And as a result, the adjacent memory uh, fields uh, of the reserved space can be overwritten, and then uh, uh, hackers can do simply uh, denial of service attack up to very, uh, when, when one speaks from controlled buffer overflow, very dangerous things. So here the basic idea is simple, provoke and misuse buffer overflows from outside. Buffer overflow could easily be uh, 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 prevented simply by checking the input 
and checking the maximum length of the input before one starts uh, any uh, further com uh, computation. But often this is missing. This is missing because people are not thinking about, are not careful, want to have it very fast and very efficient. So uh, uh, this is that uh, relatively often buffer overflows, a buffer overflow uh, error uh, can be seen in the uh, different system applications. So the maximum length is not checked before it's stored. So and this is simply uh, to illustrate, this is a reserved buffer for the input of the user and this is the data the user gives in. So the typical user, of course, he gives his name or no problem. But an attacker, for example, gives executable, uh, executable code here into this field and this is not a problem, but here, uh, uh, this, uh, uh, the data are stored there, and this could cause problems. What are the preconditions for a buffer overflow attack? Of course, the attacker needs to discover that this is failure. Needs to discover that length of the input is not checked. Of course, not each hacker has to do it by its own. There are communication says this type of software, uh, the buffer uh, length is not checked. Then the buffer needs to be controllable at least to a certain extent by the user input. For example, at the end we will see what is the protection measure. A protection measure are predefined answers so that one only can select one of these different choices and of course there is no malicious code in the different choices. So this means uh, that the buffer needs to be controllable and buffer is not protected by length check. So there is a simple attack scenario and that is an easy denial uh, of service attack. And the idea is override the buffer with useless data such that victim system uh, service stops to work correctly. Let's uh, look into an example. For example, a denial of service and a buffer overflow attack. A simple buffer overflow attack here for a web server. These are the data and the reserved place uh, for the data, for example, for the URL uh, to be given into a web server, and that is the input. And you see it's only useless x, 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 x. And the idea is to, uh, to uh, that this data get be stored here and then system afterwards does not work correctly and uh, is disturbed and uh, this is a denial of service. More serious, you see also how simple it is done, such kind of attack. Because there is no knowledge needed uh, if there is this programming error, everyone can do this. There are more serious uh, buffer overflow attacks and these are the so-called controlled buffer overflow. Here the idea is not only to disturb the system, here the idea is to manipulate the buffer in such a way that executable code is placed there after overriding. Okay, this needs a lot of knowledge, so it cannot be done simply by everyone because one has to know the stack organization of, uh, uh, of the buffer and others. If uh, such a controlled buffer overflow attack is done, victim system executes this code with the respective privileges of the process 
in some cases, even the suit administrator lies. And this makes this controlled buffer overflow attacks really serious. <coughs> and then in the consequence, uh, victim system can be arbitrarily uh, manipulated, but controlled buffer overflow are difficult to implement. You need uh, a lot of knowledge uh, to do this in a correct way, but people can uh, take, can get such uh, uh, exploits for such uh, performing such controlled or simply from internet. So also script kiddies can do this. And here is the illustration. We have again the reserved URL buffer in a web server. And then you see it's not only stupid XXXX. No, there come after a while, there come uh, real uh, comments that are executed by the server. In most cases, uh, to have a closer look how this works, let's uh, consider and let's uh, remind that in most cases, the memory is organized there as a stack. Sometimes as a heap, but in most cases as a stack. In contrast to other storage uh, domains, like for example text domains, text domains are typically read-only. Such uh, 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 or data domains, uh, in data domains no executable code is allowed. Here, in this case, it's possible to write during the time uh, uh, the program uh, is running and place executable scripts comments on the stack. This is an, uh, a property of this organization because it is not assumed that users, that outsiders has has, have access uh, to this part of the memory. If you uh, remember, a stack consists of a return address, a return address to jump back to a certain position after finishing the function. Then there is space for function parameters which are needed uh, for the execution. And then a space for local variables in a stack which are released after return. Now the goal of uh, the controlled buffer overflow is to override a local variable so that the return address is changed. So you see the attacker needs exactly to know the organization of, this, of the memory and to place uh, his, uh, his, his, his malware exactly on the right positions. If the return address is overwritten in a suitable way, then the return address does not longer point to the original instruction. The return address uh, points to the overwritten button. Points to that, to the start of the executable code that it's placed there by the attacker. And then, of course, system uh, performs, executes this, uh, this, uh, this code. So in the consequences after executing the return instruction, <coughs> the processor does not jump back to what he is expected to, be, to, uh, to do by the programmer. He points to the, it starts to execute the infiltrated, uh, the infiltrated uh, code in the overwritten button. So if we look, we have here the stack, we have the UL buffer, we have the return address, we have the parameters, we have local variables, and then the manipulated stack looks like this. 
you see the uh, return address uh, gets overwritten, gets changed, and then the return address does not longer point to the right place in the, in, in the correct program. It points to the start of the malware. Such exploits for control buffer overflow uh, are extremely difficult uh, to write because one needs exactly to find the right position. But they can easily be found in the internet. So all the people that have not the knowledge to perform such a controlled buffer overflow can do by means of such exploits. Here is the scheme of such a uh, buffer overflow uh, exploit. Uh, first, a program is coded that should be executed on victim system. The malware is coded, the mal code, malicious code is uh, then creating the buffer that uh, contains beside of the program code also other bytes. For example, uh, in a knob commands, uh, if the position of the buffer in the memory is not really clear, then parameters are chosen to are chosen to provoke the buffer overflow, and then the attack can be started. This is the uh, structure of such an exploit. Let's look uh, some examples for such controlled buffer overflow. First example uh, for such a buffer flow attack program is uh, uh, against IRIX systems. This were systems developed by Silicon Graphics, SGI machines and systems. And here the buffer overflow is provoked by processing parameters in the def command. The def command works, and this makes this attack uh, serious, works with root privileges and starts a shell which also has root privileges. Here is an example, the code for an, uh, implementing such a buffer overflow due to the poor programming of the def command in the IRIC system. This is, uh, uh, this is the reason, this failure in the design, this is the failure, uh, uh, this is the failure which make it possible to perform such buffer overflow attacks there. And you remember the DEF uh, program is used to display statistics about the usage of the file and folder, uh, for example, uh, the amount of uh, used and free disk space and others. You will have a closer look uh, to see this. Second example I want to give is an example is a buffer overflow, controlled buffer overflow against Intel manage, uh, manageability engine firm where we11.x. Uh, there are uh, a number of professors, uh, processors uh, affected. The sixth, the seventh, the eighth generation of the Intel Core, of the Intel Xeon, uh, additionally the Intel Xeon uh, E3 1200, uh, version 5 and version 6, and some more. The attacker with local access to system Local access to systems, they can execute uh, arbitrary code. And you remember, you have inspected our binary database. Each of the vulnerabilities is classified. This, is the, uh, this failure is classified there uh, in, the, in the binary database uh, with CVE uh, 2017 uh, 5689. 
And third example of a buffer flow is uh, DNS nest before uh, version 2.78. And this allows, uh, uh, this allow uh, denial of service uh, attacks as well as controlled buffer overflow attacks with arbitrary code. Here, the attacker can trigger the overflow with a special crafted uh, DHCP version 6 request. And the uh, binarity that is misused is uh, classified as uh, 270, uh, sorry, I missed the CVE, uh, 14493. Uh, Here you see, because it's so important also to classify such, uh, such mistakes, such failures, such, such binarities, to make it possible to design updates to prevent uh, that such uh, uh, failure uh, can be misused in future. Let's look to a second group of uh, uh, design and programming errors uh, to the all the errors that uh, has their starting point in an insufficient in an insufficient input uh, validator. In a certain sense, all the buffer overflow is the same. It's the insufficient input validation here. The input validation of the length of the input is missing. But it could also uh, uh, be missing that check that there are no special characters or other uh, used in the input. So apart from missing length checks or of external input, uh, uh, also attackers can take advantage of insufficient input validation. So input uh, validation is a complex issue to the high amount of possibilities. So this is more difficult to implement than only the length check. Uh, we will see uh, what kind of uh, mistakes, what kind of attacks are possible by misusing this. There are whitelists and there are blacklists. Uh, these are common approaches for the input validation. So that one allows all, one uh, allows all what's not forbidden, or one forbids all what's not allowed. These are the two uh, different approaches. But some parsers are uh, defectively programmed. For, for example, they have problems with special characters. Problem here is you have a system where you have a lot of implementations for the different. You have a, a, a software system. Uh, yeah. And uh, there are many implementations for different devices and for different uh, uh, operating system and different operating system versions. So for some, they have some weaknesses if they are not uh, done carefully. So here, the attackers benefit from uh, uh, defective input validations and can take advantage of unwanted uh, side effects uh, in applications or in operation systems. Let's consider again some examples. For example, first example, an error in the uh, NCSA Apache web server. And this error is that characters, uh, uh, the new line character and the space character were not filtered with serious consequences. For example, uh, when the following CGI script is executed, here you see a short script, and you see there is a, uh, there is a space 
uh, comment used, and uh, in the result, the password file uh, with user account information will be shown inside the browser of the attacker. By this small manipulation, the attacker can see a, a password file of the user. Another example is the misuse of an error in an older version of news server, uh, uh, INN, which has uh, effect that the password file is sent to the hacker via email. Of course, this is the most serious uh, uh, way to misuse this. One can also send other files, but of course, the password files are of special interest. And what you see here is that uh, 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 where we have it, pass new server subject control, news group send, and here, by means of inputting this, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the password file is sent to the, uh, to the, to the hacker. Third example, again, special misuse, uh, special, uh, mis the misuse of special characters, characters like uh, slash, backslash, and others. And this is important, and there is a number that if you design a parser, the parser carefully adheres also with exceptions and with the special characters. <coughs> the special characters could be interpreted by web server as a comment, for example, to change in a higher directory, uh, so the attacker are able to break out of the virtual root directory, which is designed and given for the uh, user of the web server, so they can break out uh, into the system and can get access to resources of the system there. So the attacker could force operating system to range an output uh, redirection or to start another program or do some uh, other uh, dangerous thing. Third group, also some uh, the idea and some examples for uh, design and programming errors are so-called race conditions. Race conditions is that some activity is done in a very special moment of uh, uh, when the system is, uh, is running. And like in a race, if, you, uh, if the attacker is able to do exactly in the right moment something uh, wrong, uh, defect, uh, uh, wrong effect is the consequence. So during processing, the programs reserve resources, resources like data files, memory space, and so on. And if these resources are insufficiently protected against, uh, against abuse, an exploit which starts in the right moment, which starts in the right moment, can access these resources. For example, the access to a temporary data file. And of course, in a temporary data file, there are a lot of information uh, which at the end are not given to the outside world, but which are needed to perform the program. So applications save data temporarily that's completely deleted afterwards. So afterwards, this intermediate data are not, no more accessible. But during the processing, this data are stored, and the access to temporary data is often possible without special privileges. So data can be uh, uh, read, they can 
sometimes even be changed. And in this way, one, uh, the attacker can generate side effects of the application. Let's, uh, let's look some, uh, uh, let's look some uh, uh, examples. First example, sending FTP comments with root rights. Problem with very uh, FTP servers is that they do not correctly distinguish between the two types of interrupts, between the pipe and the urge uh, that can be sent from the client. The pipe is an interrupt that finishes a session spontaneously. It's a control effect. And the urge is uh, cancels the current active data transfer. So it's control D. It can be caused by control D. So you see they have different, they ha in, the, in the first line they have the same effect, but in the back they are doing, uh, they are uh, do behaving in different way. So ZigPipe causes, ZigPipe causes a change to user root and finish session after some administrational task. For example, closing log files and deleting uh, uh, temporary files and so on. Sigurg finishes the current data transfer and then jumps into a loop of the server program which waits for a new request. So Sigurg is that system program uh, waiting uh, to be continued. Now sending a sick urge comment in the right moment. This right moment, this is exactly where the name comes from, this race condition. If such a sick urge comment is sent in the right way, uh, in the right moment, after a sick pipe causes a change in the user route and closes the log file, then the attacker is able to send FTP commands with root privilege that are performed. So, you see uh, the FTP server is uh, waiting for input and then performs a data uh, transfer. Then uh, when ZigPipe, uh, there's an interruption with ZigPipe, the ZigPipe handler uh, changed to the user root, close the log files, finish the sessions. And then if in this moment the ZigERG handler is started, then system waits for new, uh, for new inputs. Of course, this is not uh, ideal. Typically, the ideal here is to stop it. But if the uh, user, is, uh, if the attacker is able, in the right moment, uh, when this is performed, to send such a ZigERG, then system waits for input, and the attacker can input his bad code. This is our only a few examples, but important uh, types of examples that uh, failures in programming, failures in design failures in implementation, open doors for security attacks uh, by uh, the hackers. In all cases, uh, you see that either the data that are inputted by the user are not controlled and validated uh, correctly, or that in, this, in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the processing process, in the right moment, uh, some activities are sent. Thank you for your attention.